caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. CDC Director Robert R. Redfield says, We're not going to be able to seal this virus from coming into this country. And he says at some point, they're going to have to transition to mitigation as the public health strategy. Right now, it's quarantine, trying to keep the cases out of this country by banning travel to China the quarantine zones and military bases across the country for people that have come in from China that are believed to be infected or are infected. Now, why is it that it's impossible to seal the virus off from coming into the country? Well, because there's already hundreds of infected in this country in quarantine zones because of that diamond cruise uh, uh, cruise ship where they had hundreds of infected uh, ended up, uh, testing positive for coronavirus, 621 people on that ship. And we covered that story day one when there were 20 infected, again, 621. And so they ended that quarantine. Basically, it was an ineffective quarantine of that ship because so many people kept getting infected. It wasn't a quarantine. Actually, it was a hotbed for transmission. So now the people are leaving. Anybody who tested negative is leaving. People that were positive have already been evacuated from the cruise ship. Problem is that the cases were still growing up until the point that they were allowed to leave the cruise ship. So the fear is many people that weren't tested are infected, were allowed to leave the cruise ship, perhaps asymptomatic because we know that asymptomatic people can be infected with coronavirus and believed to be able to spread the disease. This is one of the reasons why it will be impossible for any country to completely seal off the coronavirus. Uh, It looks like it's going to spread globally at this point. It looks like it's so easy to spread from person to person, bodily fluids of any kind. Apparently, uh, uh, feces can spread it. Air, uh, uh, what are you, water droplets that can uh, be thrown through the air, you know, when you cough or sneeze, that can spread it. And blood can also spread it. So it's very easy to spread by all accounts. Now, the biggest fear about coronavirus, I would argue, is the unknowns. A lot that we don't know. What's the actual mortality rate? How many people that get sick with coronavirus are asymptomatic and stay that way? How many people have mild symptoms and then how many have the horrible, horrible symptoms, the acute respiratory symptoms that can lead to death and pneumonia. We just don't know what these percentages are. And so that information will get filled in as more infections come up, you know, in in this country, right? So already we're learning a lot from the people that are infected in this country. And I assume that's also the case in Japan and South Korea, where the infected are going up every day, dozens of more infected. And the situation in Japan is happening so quick, and also South Korea. I mean, just a few weeks ago, maybe last week even, I don't think there were any known cases besides on that cruise ship. Now there are uh, cases in Japan independent of that cruise ship, and over 100 people in South Korea Crazy story about South Korea. One of the infected people that ended up passing away in South Korea, believe it or not, 
had spent 20 years in a psychiatric ward. This is a South Korean in a psychiatric ward for 20 years, ended up dying from pneumonia related to coronavirus. They figured it out after he passed away. They realized, oh my God, he tested positive. This guy, poor guy had coronavirus. But the question is, how did he get infected in a psychiatric ward? For 20 years, he's been there. You know, you're not allowed to leave the the crazy house. So was it uh, another patient or must have been a doctor or a healthcare worker at that psychiatric ward, right? I don't understand how else he could have gotten infected. So there's a lot of questions and they're looking at how it's spreading in South Korea and Japan because it's very early on. And if it spreads in Japan, if it spreads in South Korea, then we have a real situation outside of China. It will, that's indicative and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but it just seems to be common sense that that's what we could expect to hear in the United States. Whether these cases fizzle out over there in Asia or grow is a good early warning indicator of what we're going to contend with over here. Already, I know that emergency rooms and hospitals are preparing for worst case scenarios. I have inside sources inside hospitals that are letting me know that's happening, and it's not a secret. You don't need to have inside sources to know that it's public. We're preparing. We get prepared in this country and we're going to do the best we can. And the CDC director being completely upfront saying that it's going to transition to mitigation at some point, that that is highly probable. And what would mitigation be? Well, we're talking about uh, limiting sporting events, limiting places of, of public contact where you could get in touch with lots of other people. Those are the ways you mitigate a a virus that's spreading rampant. We're not there yet, not in this country, but in China, their economy has virtually grinded to a halt. I mean, it's frozen. You look at the charts and the graphs of economic output, output, factory output. It's horrifying to see the plateau. There is basically no activity right now in China, so much that leaders, business leaders in China are saying, whoa, if you destroy our economy, it's going to do way more damage than the coronavirus could ever do. And so there is a discussion right now going on about are these measures in China, are they helping or hurting? You have a change in counting methods. The Chinese officials keep changing the way they count confirmed cases and unconfirmed cases and possibly confirmed cases. They just can't get it straight. They changed these uh, methodology of counting last week, but they're doing it again. They did it again yesterday. And it has people really confused because you can't tell, is there a decline in new infections? Or is that a result of the new counting methodology and not actually indicative of the the number of infected? I don't know, but uh, nobody knows. Here's a quote from Benjamin Cowling, a professor of epidemiology at the University of Hong Kong. For an epidemiologist, it's really frustrating when case definitions keep on changing. Why can't they work out what's a probable, suspected, and confirmed case? It's totally confusing. So what's going to be in store for us over here? 
when China's economic output is virtually frozen. And is that a foreshadowing of what could happen to this country if, God forbid, it spreads like the CDC director's warning and you have human-to-human transmission and you have uh, a situation where you're having to work on mitigation, closing down public facilities? Could that hurt the American economy? I say yes. Yes, it could. Yes, what's happening in China is a foreshadowing for other countries. Look at Japan. Look at South Korea. These are advanced countries on a a scientific and medical advanced level that we are on, unlike China. So if they're able to, to get a hold of this thing, that's great. If they can't, like it looks like it's spreading out of control in South Korea right now and Japan, that's a huge problem. How can you have all those people leave that cruise ship without knowing for sure if they're infected or not? Those people are flying now all over the world. Not all of them are from Japan. Remember, it's a cruise ship, right? So they're from everywhere. You have over 600 people tested positive, but there's still thousands on that cruise ship that were not tested. So you're telling me that there's no risk to the world. There's incredible risk right now. I'm afraid we're going to see growing numbers of infected because of this cruise ship. I'm also worried that the transmission from the quarantine zones, there's some uh, question about it. Should it be 14 days? Should it be 30 days? How do you know if someone should be quarantined? Are people being quarantined? Is everybody being quarantined or are only people that have a fever being quarantined? Because we know it can be spread without having a fever. So it's bad news. Anybody telling you, This isn't bad news and not to worry. They're the ones that really need to be talked to and told, well, listen, you're you're spreading information that's while good intentions to calm people down. It's not helpful because at the end of the day, the best way to be prepared is to have information and the best way to stave off panic and to, to stave off conspiracy theories is to present forward real factual information that we know to be true and also information that we have evidence that could be true so that you're not caught off completely surprised when all of a sudden it's changed to mitigation as opposed to quarantine and we need to stop going to sporting events and your schools get closed and this kind of thing happens all of a sudden in the in the United States and you're saying what the hell where did this happen where did this come from and I'm saying weren't you paying attention yes you were you know this was going to happen because the CDC warned us it would happen, and that's where we are. That's where we're going. So what can you do? Well, yes, don't be afraid, but keep watching. Keep listening. Keep following the news. Yes, get a vaccine shot, but understand that the flu shot, the, the, the flu shot is, is what I mean. You get a flu shot. The death rate is horrible for uh, the flu because one too many deaths is one too many. But it's not the coronavirus. The coronavirus is a, a 2.1%, 2.2%, 2.3%. We don't really know. It could be less. It could be more. Influenza is 0.1%. Now, if you're a baby and or you have a baby or, or you're an older person, or, or you, you know, influenza is especially dangerous for babies. So when they say get the flu shot, it's real. It's true. You don't want to inadvertently infect a baby with the flu, okay? But for everybody to say, don't pay attention to coronavirus, don't worry about coronavirus, influenza is more deadly, 
it's a bigger concern for this country, is a total slap in the face to China, to South Korea, to Japan, and to the medical healthcare workers in this country that are preparing for what could be a very real medical crisis. This is Kingston Country. The Dan Kingston Podcast is brought to you by Traveling with Janice and Cruise Brothers. This is a great time of year to plan your summer vacations. Lots of great travel specials for cruises and tours. Call Traveling with Janice and Cruise Brothers for all these ideas for families, groups, weddings. 480-648-3324 or email travelingwithjanice at gmail.com. Okay, so China's economic output basically frozen at this point. Amazon is buying more Chinese-made products that have already been shipped to the U.S. because who knows when the next shipment of Chinese-made products will come. Remember, factory outputs basically frozen. China's economic output virtually frozen. Okay? We get so many products from China. And it's not just China-made uh goods and products it's also american-made products that use chinese parts remember okay so will we have shortages yes yes we're gonna have shortages of products yes um and that's gonna happen soon apple right now is saying you know warning that their profits are gonna go down remember all their phones are made in china at least a lot of the components are assembled at that foxconn factory which is completely down in output. You know, these factories, if if they are producing, they're at diminished returns or hardly operating. I can't stress that enough. A country of 1.4 billion people that's essentially been frozen of all kinds of activity. People are supposed to stay indoors. Uh, one, one member of the household goes to the grocery store. Now, some cities have more draconian measures than others, but this is... Not uncommon now, if you're living in China, to be faced with roadblocks and patrols and SWATs and medical gear. Scary-looking scenes coming out of China and scary economic numbers coming out of China. And is it going to affect us? Yes. But the U.S. stocks, our stocks, don't seem to have moved at all. They don't seem to care. Stocks aren't scared. Investors aren't worried. So you could say, well, that's a good sign. Usually the smart money's on Wall Street. If Wall Street's not concerned, maybe it's not a big risk. But a lot's been written about how it's more reflective of how the investors have too much confidence in the Fed's ability to save the day, right? When you have the Great Recession, even a, a little mini recession not even a recession, just a mini slowdown. The Fed comes in and they do whatever they need to do to get the economy pumping again. But the truth is that there's only so many things they can do. And we've really come off of a history of stimulus after stimulus after stimulus. I mean, how much more stimulus can they do? Do the stock markets reflect the reality that the Feds have kind of used up their superpowers? I don't know. I'm not an expert on this. Maybe there's more they can do to uh, help the economy if indeed there is a world economic slowdown because of the coronavirus. These are things people aren't talking about. I'm not quite sure why. No question of the Democrat debate last night was on China or coronavirus. No questions about foreign policy. 
Yet you got Bloomberg over there having a love affair with China. Every chance he gets, gets, he praises China. He says, oh, no, it's not a dictator over there. He's a beloved leader. Well, how many votes did Xin Jinping, whatever that guy's name is, how many votes did the dictator of China get over there? You know, he's a serving emperor of China. Seems like he wants to be there for life. And also you have Trump kind of praising uh, Xi Jinping as well the uh, leader of China over there. But the difference is that the administration plays good cop, bad cop. Whereas the Democrats just play, Oh, you're the best China. You're so great. And the corporate interest, the, the billionaires, the Bloombergs of this world, the Warren Buffetts, the Bill Gates, they are just uh, China. Aholics. I mean, they love China, everything about it. They're addicted to the money over there. They're addicted to the, the number of middle-class people hungry for American products. And because of that, you have a, a horrible interest, like you heard Matt Brazil talking about, to kind of, you know, sugarcoat it, to paint a rosy picture about China. And the reality is they're probably the greatest threat militarily, economically, and culturally to this country and to the world, to the Western world at least. They're trying to outdo us everywhere we are. They're trying to compete with us and beat us. And that's not to say that when something like this happens, uh, a coronavirus happens, I'm not rooting for the Chinese economy to, to, to die or to completely be damaged beyond all repair. No, that's not good for the world. That's not good for Americans. And that certainly would be disastrous and horrible for the Chinese people already, you got to imagine there's a lot of financial pain going on in China right now. I don't want that for them. I think that will be a better world and a more peaceful world when everybody is thriving, when, when people have what they need to survive, when people aren't living on you know 50 cents a day and watching their kids starve to death. That's not a recipe for world peace or world stability. And so the idea that we would have anything to do with the coronavirus or any kind of biological weapon uh, being used against China, I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. I believe we're the greatest force for good. And I believe that if the Chinese people would let us help, we could help their government, help coronavirus and help the world get this thing under control before it's too late. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Dan Kingston here asking you to do me a huge favor. Will you possibly rate the Dan Kingston Podcast on Apple Podcasts? Each new rating, believe it or not, really does have a major impact on the way Apple's algorithm recommends content. With just one quick click, you can help promote citizen journalism and end the stranglehold of the mainstream media. Together, we're going to do this. Thank you. I really appreciate your support.